0: All right, well, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Enjoy being here tonight, and uh, certainly not happy that Preacher was sick. But always glad for the opportunity to get to preach and to get to be here, and uh, not something I take lightly. I'm pre- appreciative of a pastor who lets us do things like this, and uh, I want to give you what the Lord has given to me. I really love this message. I've only got to preach it one time, but the Lord's really helped me with it. And I want to read from 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, and we will start reading in verse number 8. And uh, verse number 8, the Bible says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Verse 10, the Bible says, Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also might might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall also raise up us also by Jesus, and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. But though our inward man perish, yet the outward man perish, our inward man is renewed day by day, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you tonight, God, we're sure to need your touch. Lord, sure to need your anointing tonight, God. Lord, I know how unworthy I am to stand in this pulpit, God. But Lord, I sure do want your help tonight, Lord, to give to them what you've given to me. God, I pray that you touch and bless me and anoint me, God. And I pray that we could go from here saying that God met with us. God will give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory for this. And we ask it in your name. Amen. When we look at the book of 2 Corinthians, in this chapter in particular... Paul here, he's writing the church at Corinth, and he spends a lot of time talking about ministry. He spends a lot of time talking about serving God. And he spends a lot of time just talking about what the ministry is like and the attributes of the ministry. And in verse number, chapter number four, in the first couple of verses, he talks about the honesty of the ministry. He says, Sit therefore, seeing we have received this ministry. And I'm glad when we get saved, God doesn't just set us aside to do nothing, but he has a plan for us. He has something for us to do. He has a place he wants us to go. He wants us to serve him. Each and every one of us at saved night has a ministry, whether it be big, whether it be small each and every one of us have a ministry he talks about the ministry he talks about the mercy he said as we have received mercy the only reason we can do anything for god is because he reached down to where we were and we couldn't reach up he came down and picked us up he came to where we were we couldn't come to him and he gave us mercy and he gave us salvation and he showed us what was like to live for him the only reason we can do anything for god not is because of the mercy that he has showed us so he talks about the ministry he talks about the mercy He talks about his manly determination. He says, we faint not. He said, I'm not quitting anytime soon. I'm not giving in. He said, this is the way I want to be, and this is the way I'm going to stick in. But then he talks about the morality. He says, we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. He talks about if you're in the ministry, you have to live a certain life. You have to live a certain way. You can't live like you used to. He talks about the manifestation, and the Bible says but by the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God, we are to show the truth to others. The truth that we have, we are to be giving it to others. And so he talks about the honesty of the ministry. In verses number three through six, he talks about the hiding of the gospel. He talks about how Satan has blinded the minds of those that are lost. They cannot receive the gospel. It doesn't have anything to do with the power of Christ. It has something to do with Satan who has blinded their eyes because they can't see the light of the gospel talks about the hiding of the gospel. talks about the humility of our service. Verse number 7, he says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. If God can use a clay vessel, then he has to get the honor for it because that clay vessel can't do anything on its own. That clay vessel is of no value to anybody but the maker. He say, if God will use somebody like me, the only way for him to get the glory is to use somebody like me who can't do anything on my own. I have to have God's help. And He talks about the humility of our service. we're just clay vessels in God's hands. And he talks about the honor of suffering. And I don't want to get to that tonight. And he talks about four different things in verses eight and nine. The first thing I want you to see is in verse number eight, He says, "We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed." And Paul knew what it was like to go through trouble. Paul knew what it was like to have trouble on every hand. That word trouble, it means to crowd, to throng, to narrow. He said on every side he was crowded in. On every side there was pressure. Paul knew what that was like. These words here, they talk about a wrestler, and it's the analogy of wrestling. And this man in the ring, he's been crowded in. He doesn't have anywhere to go. It seems like there's pressure on every side. Paul said, I know what it's like for there to be pressure to give in. I know what it's like everywhere I turn, seeing the devil's fight. And I know what it's like for there to be trouble on every hand. He had no room to work or rest. He said, we are troubled on every side yet not distressed. Can I tell you, Distress means to hem in closely and to cramp. Yes, Paul said, yes, I feel pressured and yes, I feel like there's somebody on every side trying to hurt me. Can I tell you, he said, I may be walled in, but I ain't roofed over. I have a God that I can go to. He's always there to help me. I have a place that I can go to pray. I have a Bible I can read. Yes, it seems like there's trouble on every hand. He said, but I can still go to my God in prayer and read the Bible. He was troubled, but he was not distressed. And he said, we are perplexed, but not in despair. Perplexed means to have no way and to be at a loss mentally. Boy, things have gotten worse. Paul said, there's trouble on every hand. I don't know where to go. He said, but now I'm at a loss mentally. I just don't know what to do. I can't find the answer. I don't see the way out. You know, the book of Job talks about this. The whole book, he's trying to figure out what's going on in his life. What's the problem? What is, what's the matter here? There's trouble on every hand for Job. You think about his family, his farm, his finances, his friends, his future. On and on you can go. It like there's trouble on every hand for Job, but he couldn't find any answers. He said, but he was perplexed, but not in despair. Despair means to be utterly at a loss. He said, hey, I may not know exactly what's going on, but I have a God who's never been behind. He knows exactly what's going on. He knows how to take care of me. He knows where I'm at. He knows what I'm going through. I may be perplexed, but I'm not in despair. He have a father who's always there to help me understand. He was perplexed, but not in despair. He was persecuted, but not forsaken. The word persecuted means to cause to flee or to pursue. Paul knew what it was like to be persecuted. Paul knew what it was like to have trouble on every hand and have to run for his life and to have to flee. And when we think about the whole word picture here is that of a wrestler. As we said before, he was crowded on every hand. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know where to go. But now he's having to flee. And now he's having to run away. And it seems like the enemy just won't get away. It seems like the enemy just won't get get off his back. So many times we, we go through life and it just seems like every time we try to do something for God, the flesh rises up. Every time we try to do something, every time we go, try to go pray, the flesh rises up. He said he was persecuted. He said he was persecuted but not forsaken. Forsaken means to leave behind and to let remain over. He said I may be persecuted, I may have to run for my life. But I serve a God who's never left me behind. He saved me. He's going to take care of me. He's going to watch over me till the end of the world. I may be persecuted, but I'm not alone in this. I have other Christians serving with me. And I have a God who said he'll be with me always, even unto the end of the world. He was persecuted, but not forsaken. He was cast down, but not destroyed. That word cast down is also a wrestling term. This wrestler, he was troubled on every side. He didn't know where to go. He didn't know where to do, what to do. And he's been thrown down. He's been knocked down. Paul said, I know what it's like to be knocked down serving God. I know what it's like to seem like everywhere I turn, it seems like I get knocked down and I get thrown down. So There's going to be times if we serve God, but there's going to be times when we just come to a wall that we can't get through. There's going to be times when we get knocked down. Paul said, I've been knocked down, but I hadn't been knocked out. He said, I've been cast down, but not destroyed. Destroyed means to lose to die or to lose the battle can I tell you Paul said yes I've been knocked down but I hadn't lost the fight yes I've been knocked down but I haven't died I haven't given up on God how is it that Paul could say this how is it Paul could say yes I've been knocked down but I haven't given up yes I've been beaten but I've not ever been battered but I haven't been beaten how is it Paul could say this he said for which cause we faint not Paul said yes I may be down yes the devil may be fighting but I'm not giving up I'm gonna go on for the glory of God. I want to preach for just a little bit tonight on batter but not beaten. Batter but not beaten. Paul knew what it was like to be knocked down. Paul knew what it was like to face trouble, but he went on in spite of all the opposition. He went on and he served God. How can we do that? How can we live this life? Well, number one, we have to understand the vitality of suffering. The Bible says, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. So you're going to have to understand the vitality of suffering. When we go through things, there is a reason for it. There's a purpose for it. We don't just go through things because God wants to punish us. We go through things because God has a purpose. He said, always bearing about in the body of the dying Lord Jesus. In verse number 11, he says, for we which live are always delivered unto death. Always, in every circumstance, in every trial you go through, there is a purpose behind it. You are going through it for a reason. And I tell you, God doesn't just leave you out here for no reason. God has a plan. He wants to show you something. But our suffering is important. Why is my suffering important? Why would that be important? How could that be important to anybody? It manifests the Savior. Our suffering will magnify Christ. The Bible says, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. When the world sees us go through trials and when they see us are living for God and we get knocked down and they see that somebody's helping us along the way, you know what? That's who they're going to come running to when they need help. That's who they're going to come running to when everything is going wrong. You have to understand that our suffering magnifies the Savior. Our suffering moves the sinner. Verse number 12 says, so then death worketh in us but life in you. Our suffering is important because of the witness it has to the sinner. It's been said that our life is the only testimony some people will ever see. Our life is the only track some people will ever read. You know, you think about the Philippian jailer. You think about him. All he saw was Paul and Silas living for God when everything was going wrong, when they had been knocked down, but they kept living for God, and that man got saved because of it. Our suffering is important because it moves the sinner. I am you, when we go through things, there is a reason we go through the things we go through. But he had a virtue of faith in suffering as well. He says, we have we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. i tell you, Paul understood the necessity of faith in trials. When you go through a trial and you get beaten and you get knocked down, you're just going to have to keep your faith in the one who brought you through the trial. He'll bring you through it and he'll bring you out of it and he'll bring you into another one because he has a plan and he has a purpose in it. So you just have to keep your faith in the book and the blood, the blessed hope, and the beautiful home we have waiting. If you want to make it through the trial, you're going to have to remember the virtue of faith. But he understood the victory of suffering. He said, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Can I tell you, you think of all the bad things that we suffer with. Bad health, financial difficulties, family difficulties, separation from loved ones, sin and violence, bad doctor reports. All those things are going to be taken care of in heaven. There won't be a single one of those things that we have to worry about when we get to the other side. And yes, it may look bad down here, and yes, it may not look good, but there's going to be a day when the former things are passed away. All those things will be left behind, and we'll never have to worry about them anymore. The Bible says, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There should be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall be any more pain for the formal things are passed away. He understood the victory of suffering. I'm glad we're getting out of here. I'm glad that we're going to a place where there'll be no more suffering, no more trials. When you get knocked down, when you get knocked out, remember, you're headed to a land where there'll be no more suffering, no more trials. But lastly, he understood the vision of suffering. In verses number 15 through 18, Paul just kind of steps back. And he looks at suffering. He just looks at his life and the suffering that he's had. He said, for all things are for your sake. You know what the truth of suffering is? The truth of suffering is that things we go through are not just for us. You know what? The things we go through are not just for me. It may be so I can help someone else along the way. You know what? In Acts 27, Paul went through a storm. He was shipwrecked and all those men were lost on the sea. But because of Paul, all 276 men were saved. All of them got ashore, and he was able to heal the ruler's father. Really? Why? Because he went through a storm so he could help someone else. The truth of, the truth of suffering is that we don't go through things just for ourselves. There's the task of suffering, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. You know what our task is in suffering? When we get knocked down, you know what it is? It's just to give the glory to God. God, I don't know why I'm going through this. God, I don't know what's going on. But I just want to say thank you, because I know you brought me to this trial. And I know you're going to bring me out. I just want to say thank you for what you've done for me. I don't seem to have much to thank you for right now. But I know that you're working on my behalf. And that is the task in suffering, is to glorify God. But he understood that he had the right outlook about his trials. He said, for which cause we faint not. He said he understood what was keeping him going. What, Paul kept, what kept Paul going was the fact that God was getting glory through his trials. He said, for which cause we faint not. What cause? That the, that, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many were to the glory of God. What kept Paul going in a trial was the fact that God was getting glory He had the right vision about suffering. He said, though our elder man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. He said, yes, my body may be suffering, but I've got somebody living on the inside of me who's there to help me. He's never left me. I'm never alone. He's always been there to help me when things get rough and when things get bad. I have somebody living on the inside of me to help me. But he understood the temper of our suffering. He said, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Paul knew the sufferings he went through were paled in comparison to what other people had gone through and what was waiting for him in heaven. Our sufferings pale in comparison to what Christ went through for us. When you get down, when you get out, remember all that Christ did for you. Remember all the suffering that he went for, for through you. He understood the time of our suffering. He said, which is but for a moment. He said, I know. He said, I know it's bad right now. He said, but there's coming a day when I'm getting out of here. He said, this is just as a vapor which passeth away. He said, and all this will be gone away, and it won't even be a memory. He said, I know that there's coming a day when I'll be able to get rid of this. But he understood the temporality of our suffering. He said, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You know what? Anytime we get focused on earthly things... We get, we get in trouble and we stay down, we get knocked down. But anytime we get focused on God, it'll give us the strength to get up and to go another mile, to give us the strength to get up and to press on for Him. It's been said that our greatest glory consists not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. You know what? I can't promise you that you're not going to get knocked down. I can't promise you that the, there's not going to be heartaches in the Christian life. But here's what I can promise you, that you can get up and keep going for God. I promise that you can get up and keep going and do what God wants you to. How do I do that? You've got to understand the vitality of suffering. It's, uh, our suffering's important. It's for a reason. The virtue of faith in suffering. If we don't keep our hope and our trust in Him, we'll never be able to make it through it. we we'll have to understand the victory of suffering. There's coming a day when the line of the tribe of Judah is going to come back and take us to be with Him. We have to understand the vision of suffering that what we're going through compels in comparison to what's waiting for us on the other side. When you get knocked down, just remember you don't have to stay down. You can get back up and go on for the glory of God.